Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, a Director at Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions, and much, much more. Today, we are doing something slightly different. Across the profession, there are many people going beyond diploma and going beyond chartered. Several universities have master's qualifications and students have undertaken significant research. Our interview today explores the research, its findings, but also the journey. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Amy Goodall-Smith, who completed her dissertation in 2021. Hello, Amy. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, thanks, Eddie. How are you? Yes, really, really, really good, really good. Um, thank you for sharing a copy of your research in advance. Uh, I notice it's focused uh, on where people get their knowledge when making financial decisions. Really interesting subject. So I'm curious, um, how did you decide um, about this research? Well, um, I think um, for me, if I was going to write a dissertation, it had to be something I was really passionate about. And something as a financial advisor we come across every day is some of the knowledge that people have gathered through their lives is either very out of date or not quite right. Or um, And I really wanted to understand where, where did you get that knowledge from and why did that lead you to make this decision? Because de- decisions are always based on knowledge, aren't they? The knowledge you've gathered through your life leads you to make a decision. Um, and so finding out where that knowledge has come from helped me to unpick some of those out of date, usually out of date or not quite right um, sort of uh, um, uh, information that they've gathered and therefore can put them back on the right track and steer them into making a, a better or, or more well-informed decision. So that's what led me to do it. It's all about education. And I think, you know, as financial advisors, our role is to educate people, to give them the right knowledge, therefore to allow them to make uh, the right decision. So that's really where it, it how it came about. Um, and it was just something I feel really, really passionate about. Brilliant. And, and, and I think that definitely comes through. Um, so what were your key findings from the research? So um, I... I The research was based on the theory of networks. So, um, you know, how is information passed between each other? And that is something known as network theory. Um, And, you know, even back in the 19th century folklore, the way that information was passed between people was through tales and music and dance and those kind of things. So this is a, a really real thing that happens is we pass knowledge between each other. Um, and, you know, we lean on particular networks for particular information. Um, so you have go to trusted friends that we know are very good on, I don't know, but, you know, advice on what to do with your teenage son or whatever, or, you know, financial knowledge. And, um, you know, so I found that your your network really does impact your behaviours. And, you know, there are there are very powerful people in your networks um and there are negative things that come through networks such as you know rumors or you know if people have gains because they they you know they perhaps might encourage you or manipulate information to order to gain out of that 
Um, and, you know, different cultures have different um, sort of uh, ideas. Uh, so for, you know, and I think, you know, and now networks are very much disrupted with the, disrupted with the introduction of technology. So though the findings are sort of going out to find out how do people pass knowledge and, you know, how does that happen was all based around um, sort of the network theory of passing information um, and um, you know I, I think those family ties really are the most overwhelming and all overpowering sort of of all of the networks um, and um, yeah so that, that was my key findings were how knowledge is spread and then you know, the, sort of the outcome from that. So what led, leads the most powerful of those networks to make those decisions. And, and as part of the research, you did this literature review, didn't you? And yeah. um, so you've mentioned network theories. Yeah. So, so, so just talk to me a little bit more about the, the, the different um, theories and what you learned from, from um, the analysis that you did in that literature review. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that I, I don't know about. I found this that the hardest part of um, doing the dissertation actually is going out there and finding theories that were already present. And what was interesting was there really was nothing um, to do with this within financial services. So a lot of the theories that I found were relevant to many other industries um, and nothing finance related, which was actually quite a challenge for me. But again, you know, the key sort of impacts were um, or the key networks are very much um, you have this strength. There's a theory called the strength of weak ties and actually how some people trust quite weak networks. Um, so someone that came up quite a lot was Martin Lewis, you know, the money, the money saving expert. And whilst no... Um, ultimately he's a journalist um you know he does give some good knowledge but he's not an advisor he's not a financial advisor but how trusted he is um within you know our, our within the uk as a go-to source of information um was was quite interesting you know um and the other sort of place that people tended to go to was google again you know a, a very easy manipulated place to manipulate knowledge you know the how do we know if the knowledge on or the information on google is correct um as well as um family again you know people tend to ask their mum and dad stuff and it was really interesting. The people that I interviewed very much were like, well, you know, mum and dad, are, you know, have always said pay your mortgage off. And whilst, yes, that's relevant for some people, actually, it's quite an out of date um, fear, actually, that a lot of people have from when their parents were in 30, you know, about the 90s, um, you know, when interest rates were sort of 12%, inflation was 6%. Yes, pay the mortgage off quickly as soon as possible because it was the biggest burden that people were carrying. Well, for the last 20 years, we've had very, very low interest rates. And actually, the requirement, as long as you have a managed plan, that isn't necessarily something that should should drive us to pay the mortgage off. Um, but that sort of um, piece of knowledge and that fear has been passed down to the children, so the generation below of, of people that are in their 30s now, 
Um, but actually, they don't really know why. It's just something that their mum and dad have said, must pay your mortgage off. Um, so again, it's sort of the unpicking of where the data has come from. And also, I, I looked at different you know, cultures. So Germany, for instance, is very much about cash, a cash system, whereas the Brazilians are very much about credit-based system. And the Kenyans tended to be more about how do I donate, you know, and how the culture that you're submerged in impacts your decision-making. Um, and then again, you know, I mentioned before the disruption of having technology, you know, investing now has become very, very easy. A lot of people just have an app on their mobile phone. So they're down the pub with their mates and the mates go, oh, guys, you've got to buy Tesla shares. And they all make a thousand pound purchase of Tesla shares on their mobile phone app with absolutely no, um, you know, sort of knowledge of why just because their mates is it and it, it does it sort of feels akin to sort of gambling you know where you're just sort of playing on the stock market and some of the chaps that I spoke to um had whatsapp groups where they'd all go and do a little bit of research and you know read the paper and say oh guys you need to go and buy this share I've heard it's going to do really well my mate says and I, I just think based on you know the nervousness that that gives me because it's based on what you know hearsay uh you know and that's that's the sort of things that were coming out of this research about how 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 there's very very it's very difficult to really um sort of prove or evidence um the sort of information that they're finding it's just it's very da a dangerous very dangerous kind of situation i think to be in See, um, I've got it. Yeah. So what you're telling me is I shouldn't have bought those Tesla shares. <laughs> but no, I'm not. But yeah, a lot of people... Recommended by that <laughs> in the pub. That, that's what you're telling me. Well, I think a lot of people, once they hear about it, have missed the boat. You know, yeah. it only, you know, and then you go, oh, I bought Tesla shares and I made this, this, this. Well, that event has now happened. And really what you needed to be was pre-event happening. And, and that's the thing, you know, in our, in our profession, you know, confidence comes when markets are high, which is often the wrong time to make the purchase. You know, you want to do it when actually when sort of buyer confidence is low and markets have dropped, you can see through the pandemic. Um, people were nervous about investing, but it was like, hey, the markets are really low. Now is a great time. Although we obviously don't advise to time the market. It's all about spending time in the market. But it's, you know, you can see how people are influenced by their networks to make decisions based on very little um, knowledge and backing. Um, and that's a very, for me, a very dangerous place for people to be. Um, so, um so, so there's different ways that people do this research, and 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 uh, I think you you used interviews. Um, yes. So, so did they go to plan, and, and what did the interviews actually tell you when you did them? So, I interviewed 34 year olds specifically, and I just put a, a request out on my local Facebook page to say I'm looking for 34 year olds for a research project, and I had an overwhelming response. And I thought, and actually, my tutor said. Ames, you've done 14 interviews, which I realise now was an error because I had to type up 14 interview transcripts. And then, you know, but actually the themes were so strong between them. And actually, for me, this was such a passion that I wanted to do a broader range of interviews to really 
am I right? Was my hunch right about where people go to sort of make decisions? And the reason for 34-year-olds is because, according to the Office of National Statistics, that's the age most people buy a house. So I thought, well, they will have made a financial decision, a fairly substantial financial decision. Um, and obviously, it was just in my little, you know, my little world in Berkshire, my area of the world, um, and whether that had an impact on uh, the outcomes. But the outcomes were very clear um, for me. Yes, the interviews went well. We had to do them all over Zoom because of the pandemic. But actually, it worked brilliantly. Although I do think it was interesting because the way that people were chatting to me, they knew I was a financial advisor. So they obviously tried to impress me with this sort of, oh, well, I, I pay my mortgage off. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, if only I could tell you some financial advice around this. So I had to sort of step up, take my financial advisor hat off and be very much the interviewer. Um, but it was great. And it, the, the strong themes that came out of this was, yes, you know, well, my mum and dad said, and I've always learned that way my friends say or google or martin lewis who i mentioned before and actually when you look at those you know um google again could be who knows where that data has come from and has it been manipulated and how do we know if it's the right info um, Martin Lewis is, is a journalist. He's great at giving tips on coupons and stuff. And actually, you know, there is some good stuff there. Your mum and dad, often that data, that info is out of date. And your friends have, have not a lot more of an idea than you do. <laughs> so it showed, you know, it, it really is decisions built on a very, very um, uh, non-solid foundation. You know, the foundations of built, making these decisions were very weak, very, very weak. And um, um, it was interesting where people thought they had done well. I've got lots of money in the bank and I pay my mortgage off. And these are all great things, but is it right for your circumstance? And have you thought about, you know, the wider picture? So it was eye-opening, actually. But it, it did, it sort of proved my hunch that, you know, there isn't really a go-to place unless you see a professional to gather the a strong evidence to make a decision. So, so there's two things. One, I'm hoping my kids aren't listening and hearing you say that your your mum and dad are out of date. So, <laughs> sorry, yes, yeah. But the the other thing that um, that's really struck me is um, so your research. I know there's a recommendation at the end. So did you recommend sort of ways of improving uh, decision making? Well, it's um, it's it's not necessarily about the decision making itself. It's more to do with the knowledge before the decision. So where do we go before we make that decision that is weak? And um, yes, my recommendation, well, I looked at the various places that you could strengthen people's knowledge. And yes, I think the automatic is school. But actually, when you're at school, it's not relevant enough for you that you, you're not, you know, it's, it's just you're not going to take it in. OK, you get a bit of a picture. Perhaps you could understand what inflation was or interest rates were. But I don't know whether school is necessarily the one place to go to. I actually think feeding people with knowledge through their working life is really key when it becomes relevant. Because like anything, unless unless it's relevant for you, you think I'll just switch off to that. And it does take, um, you know, I, I do quite often I go into workplaces um, and um, would just give a quick high level 
I call it my back of a fag packet financial planning, you know, a bit of a kind of idea and getting people to try and re-engage into their pensions and why is that relevant? Have you got an emergency fund? So key. You know, oh gosh, you know, what what protection have you got in place that means if this, this and this happens, you're going to be okay? Just opening some of... um, opening a you know opening people's eyes to some of the options out there and it's fascinating and, and it really it does help because it's relevant to them now and those that have got young children saying should I save for my kids and those that are coming on to their 55 or 60 or oh, can we talk about retirement so it's it's giving the right information at the right time I think it's really key but you know the FCA the um, our regulator it's not geared up to sort of police information and and um, and look at this. So I think it's about providing the knowledge. And as financial advisors, we've got auto enrolment, which is fabulous. But actually, how about we put some advice around that in workplace? But then there's the the, the group of people that aren't in work and that aren't in a workplace. How do we reach out to those? So. My conclusion was we need to do some work here, but I don't know how we do it other than, you know, as financial advisors, we have a we have the knowledge and responsibility. It'd be great to do more giving back into the community. So what you know, like as you know, you, you probably know Eddie, we do a lot with schools and with workplaces and um and because it comes from a good place of education, actually, you know, the fallout of that is that you do get known and you do get clients through that but if you do it with for the right reasons to go and support and help and educate people you know that does come back but um yeah so the answer is we need to plug people with the knowledge through their lives consistently and constantly um really rather than how to improve the decision it's the knowledge based upon it so i'm i'm absolutely certain you've inspired people to go off and and do a master's. Um, so as they are listening to you, I'm, I'm sure they'd be keen to to hear what sort of tips you have. And and I, we always like to get three tips because it feels about the right number. So yeah. what would your three tips be? Um, definitely pick a topic that you have a love and a passion for. Um, so for me, it was education. So I knew I wanted to do this because, so I almost had the topic before I decided to do the master's. Um, I think just trying to do a master's for a master's sake becomes quite difficult because so pick a topic you love and you're passionate about because it takes a long time and a lot of input goes into it that you have to think I am interested in this and I want to read about it and learn about it so that would be my top tip the second one is plan your time have a timeline and have accountability for it so early on with my tutor we plugged in some dates and I was like, I have to have this done by that date, by, you know, and X done by that date and, and keep the process going. Um, and also planning in my diary of when I was going to do it. So I did every Friday, I actually took a, a morning off and it had to be the morning because if it's the afternoon, I was too involved in work and I never quite ended work to start the dissertation. And I just committed to that and weekends, um, it does take an awful lot of time but if you love it it's interesting and the third tip is surround yourself with some really good people um we had a whatsapp group and it was great when someone's feeling low or oh gosh i just don't know where i'm going with this um you know having 
often people say, hey, I'll, I'll give you a ring or we'll have a Zoom call and I'll show you what I did on this bit. And that sharing of knowledge and also you then seem to have access to everybody's tutor because you're sharing, oh, my tutor said, try this. And my tutor said this. So having that network <laughs> ties into my topic, but it is true. Having that strong network of good people around you really helped me. I, I wouldn't have done it without that. Definitely. And that would be, yeah. So they're my top tips. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, really great for you to, to share your time and your your insights. So I really appreciate it. And uh, as always, uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you. Definitely. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks so much. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of any such action or inaction.